0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Welcome, one, welcome, all. It is Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. Our final November Tuesday here. But because it is Tuesday, because it is 7 p.m. Central Time, we are live on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel for this week's BTV Roundtable. You can watch us live. We appreciate all of you who make time to do so. You can catch the rewatch at your own convenience, or you can listen at your own convenience via the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. We are available on Apple devices, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe all to all the places. Like, leave all the ratings and reviews. Those things help us out. I say us. My name is R.J. Ocho. You know me from throughout the Blog and the Boys universe, where you know all of these fine gentleman at our 12 o'clock position. You hear him every Monday. He is one third, uh, one leg of the tripod of the first and 10 podcast. It is Tony Catalina who quarterbacked his family friends team on Thanksgiving day. Uh, maybe they're friends that are family, Tony.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I got a victory on it. So that's all that matters.
1: All uh, right, joining us for the first time at the uh, kind of like 3 30 position. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I go live with him every victory Monday or Monday after non-victories, which is pretty rare this season, thankfully. Uh, Chris Halling, one of the newest members, in fact, the newest member of the Blog and the Boys family. Uh, you may know Chris from his success on Instagram at Dallas Cowboy Squad, almost maybe now 77,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, slowly coming up aboard on Twitter at Cowboys underscore squad there. He was on Tuesday's episode of the Riders block with Brandon Laurie and Jess Navarez. Chris, thank
3: you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I'm really excited, uh, but you should be
1: uh, because you're surrounded <laughs> by greatness, greatness like Danny Phantom. I know his name says Dan Rogers, but that's only what's on his social security number uh, card. We'll get you the actual number uh, audience later after the fact, Dan, do you just want to tell us what your social security number is? Uh, It's, Eight six seven five three zero oh, nine. Nice. nice. Um, that's a reference that's lost on a lot of our audience, but I understood it. That's really ultimately what mattered. Uh, David Halman, you are here as well. I told you before we started. I had never told you this before that you look like my college roommate Nico. Um, did that make you feel emotional? Anyway,
4: I, I'm fighting back tears as we speak.
1: Okay, well done. And Brandon Clements. Um, Still searching for you. I feel like you've been robbed, Brandon. When it comes to Blogging the Boys Roundtable wins, like you, you have had some some victories stolen from you, um, like the Atlanta Falcons did to themselves last week in Washington. Um, do you feel like tonight is your night?
5: I, I darn sure hope so.
1: Well done, um, AJ says. Hope everyone had an awesome Thanksgiving. Likewise, AJ. Thank you everybody for hanging out. Um, Tony, uh, Chris is new around here, so could you explain the roundtable game to him? How fair and democratic and pure it is
2: it's it's organized chaos i can tell you that it's it's uh it, it's it's well managed i'd uh, say rj does this thing and he does it well but it, it, you'll see it's fun
1: so, Chris, uh, everybody gets points based on what they say, how they react to the different topics that we touch on throughout the night. They are eligible uh, to be you know, given points by the crowd. Dave Sturgio knows that, just like he knows when we do this. And he said, I don't even get invited anymore. Shame. Again, he has a standing invitation. He knows that, just like everybody else. So, Sturge, this one's on you, um, just like it's on your New York Yankees that got swept by my Houston Astros in the ALCS. No big deal. Uh, Jess Navarrez, though, Chris, who you know well now, has given you five points to start the night off. She gave you five points because you were a great guest on the Rider's block yesterday, even though that episode was today. Um, so a bit of a mishap. Um, Jess is not here. She would lose points if she were for not knowing the day of the week. Uh, but still, Chris, you're off to an early lead. Does that make you feel good?
3: Makes me feel good, man. But it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. I got to keep capitalizing.
1: Okay. Well said. Um, Tony Kevin would say, "How fair is the game?" Minus five, Tony, for a reason. So, Tony, you are um you were at zero, but you are now are at negative five. Um, so you know, tough scene. AJ has awarded Jess four points uh, for being here, despite uh, Chris. What are your what's, what's your stance on pumpkin pie? This was a big subject of division last week around the round. We table. did that last show, RJ. Danny, one question, and then we move on. All right. So, but we just have to know, Chris, are you pro or against? I'm pro pumpkin pie personally. Well, Halman, How- congratulations. Um, you have somebody uh, in your corner besides Jess. Um, all right. It's been almost a week um, since the Dallas Cowboys played a game because they played on Thanksgiving Day. I think we've all said everything that we have to say about the victory over the New York Giants. We don't have to rehash that. Um, Everybody on the podcast has done a great job of doing that. So instead, we're looking forward. The Dallas Cowboys had to host the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday night after coming off of a week and a half's worth of rest and the Colts coming off of Monday night football, Danny, I put it to you. I wrote about this and got a little bit of blowback. I said, objectively, this is unfair. This is an unfair advantage that the Cowboys are being given. They have a week and a half's worth of rest and the Colts have the least amount of rest possible. Did the NFL schedule maker? So the Cowboys a bone here.
6: Uh, well, it just turned out that way. I mean, it's, you know, you can't undervalue rest, especially when you get to this point in the season. So, these things are real things. Um, I mean, how much difference does it make? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, but it definitely it always, you know, the Cowboys, typically at this time, remember the Cowboys aren't getting extra rest. They're going right into a week later because we've been playing back-to-back Thursdays. That's not happening this time. We actually, and you can call this an advantage or a disadvantage, but we have another Thursday night game later in the season. So we'll have another short a short rest game. And um, But so I don't know. I mean, there's, there's there's advantages and there's I don't know, I, I don't think too much, but any little bit of rest you get is is good. And of course, the Colts having a day less is, is not good. So, I mean, so, yeah, that's that's
1: just the way it is. For what it's worth, the game you're talking about is at Tennessee in week 17, Dallas playing a road Thursday night game off of a a short week for the first time ever. Because again, to your point, Danny, their road Thursday games have always followed their home Thanksgiving day game. So they've gotten a full seven days worth of of rest or preparation, whatever you want to call it. How many do you think we should be fair? Do you think we should, you know, we sit here and we talk about, Hey, the refs are not calling holding against Micah Parsons. I think we should be fair and say. The Cowboys have a huge advantage over the Colts. Like, it's not just them going up against a team playing on Sunday. They're going up against a team playing on Monday night. There was no reason to put the Colts in this bind.
4: Yeah, I mean, they they have a rest advantage, but I think it kind of evens out because the Colts are led by Jeff Saturday, and it's such a great (laughs) thing. It's great that he has no experience. He's not scared. He doesn't rely on analytics because he hasn't been broken by this league. Um, So I think it really all balances out in the end.
1: Okay, Brandon, are you of this mindset? Do you want to not really cry about it? You don't want to care because it helps out your team? Because that's kind of the way Danny and, and Hellman seem to feel like, oh, you know, if it, if, it, if the shoe were on the other foot, I do think Danny and Hellman would be upset. But what do you think, Brandon?
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm with the boys on that. And, and plus, it's a 4-7-1 four four, Colts team. I mean, they, they can have it two weeks' worth of rest, and it does, it's not going to matter. The Cowboys are going to smack them anyways.
1: Wow. Okay. You guys are a bunch of frauds. Like I said, if if this was the other way around – we would be upset, and you guys don't want to be fair. Tony, you're nodding. You agree with me here.
2: I do. I mean, I'm sitting here as a Cowboys fan, happy about the fact that not only is it a full week of rest, it's an additional three days, and they're you, coming you off didn't a You did talk about week. this,
1: by the way, on, on first and 10. So, you know, yeah. this is something that you have said already on the record.
2: Absolutely. I think if it was on, she was on the other foot, like you said, I would be upset about it. I think that we definitely have an advantage heading into the week. So I'm happy it's our side instead of theirs.
1: Okay. Uh, well, you know, let's let's this is what we do, Chris. We do kind of lean into the comments. Um, Grant G 1971, uh, the first year that the Dallas Cowboys ever won the Super Bowl. Um, well, actually, no, um, tough times in 1971. You know, Super Bowl appearance, whatever. Uh, that was a long, long, long time ago. Anyway, thank you for the super chat. Grant G 1971 says, Hey guys, all caps. Do you see our Cowboys at 11-3 going into the Christmas Eve showdown with Philly without any significant injuries? Chris Holling, you are the newbie. I put it to you. Cowboys between now and Christmas Eve host the Colts with a huge rest advantage, as we mentioned, host the Houston Texans, easily the worst team in the NFL, and travel to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars, who did have a cute win over the Baltimore Ravens, but still kind of stink. So do you think the Cowboys are getting to 11-3 by Christmas Eve?
3: I do think the Cowboys are going to be 11 and 3 at Christmas Eve. Hopefully, without any significant injuries. I don't really see the Colts as a trap game. I think the Texans are awful, and I think really, I think the the uh, most challenging one of those three would probably be the Jacksonville Jaguars, just because they're kind of you know like rolling. They're having some momentum. Trevor's playing the best football in his career right now over the past few games. So, I still think though that uh, he won't be any match for our defense. So I think we're going to be 11 and 3, and I think Dallas takes control of the division on Christmas Eve.
1: Dave Sturcio chiming in says if they're not eleven and three, something went terribly wrong. Brandon, do you agree that if if Dallas drops one of these three, like is it fair to say something went terribly wrong? It's the NFL again. The Jag- the Jaguars just beat the Ravens. Like it is a crazy world. I mean, two and one generally would be a success.
5: Yeah, no, two and one would definitely be, be a successful uh, three game stretch. But here's the thing, Sturch is spot on. Of course, I mean he does a pretty good job with these things. So yeah, if you're gonna lose three games, one of these three games against three teams that are They're just not good football teams. I will say to Chris's point, I think the Jags of the three are definitely the the most challenging. And when I say challenging, I wouldn't say it's like a huge mountain to climb, but I will say, and to Chris's point, he he hit the nail on the head. Trevor Lawrence is playing some of the best ball of his career and it's, and, and and he's been doing wonders because guess what? Urban Meyer's not there anymore. So, I mean, now he has a former, a former NFL quarterback is in his ear. So, I mean, Trevor Lawrence I feel like I feel like people were writing him off already because of the situations he's been in and uh, I think he's I think eventually I mean you you're starting to see it right now a little bit but I think he's starting to live up to that that uh, that first round uh, that first overall hype that he uh, he came in uh, he came in the league with so it's it's going to be an interesting game but I think Cowboys will still uh, still smoke him on, on you know when they play
1: By the way Brandon you are wearing an Ezekiel Elliott jersey is that correct for the YouTube audience
5: yeah, yeah, it's a it's a twenty-one, but it's it's customized. I have I have my last name on the back. 21s actually happens to be my number.
1: Okay. Well, well done then. So you're actually not wearing a Zeke jersey, it's a it's a Brandon Clemens jersey. Kyle asked in the chat and Chris, you are wearing a Leighton Vanderesh jersey, which David Halman almost left in protest of. Uh so um those are the jerseys just so everybody is aware. Not Zeke and Vanderesh, it is Brandon um Vanderesh just uh so we're clear. Um all right, uh Halman, I wanna ask you this. Um Let's see here. Um, I've lost the comment at this point in time. Um, let's see here. Where is it? I'm looking. I'm stalling uh, because I can't find it. Um, here we go. Kevin says three trap games in a row. History says we will play down to the level of competition in at least one. So, David Halman, I put it to you. Are the next three games trap games for the Dallas Cowboys? All three of them.
4: Well, I, I think first it kind of depends on your definition of a trap game. But, you know, the, the general concept of – huh? What's yours? Well, my definition would be a team that you are clearly favored to beat that you might overlook because you're looking ahead to the schedule to the tougher teams. So by that definition, all three of these teams I think fit. But I also think having unfortunately watched some of the Colts and Texans games this year, um, I don't think that they have the talent. I don't think they have the cohesiveness as a team to play up to that level and be able to actually challenge the Cowboys. But I do think the Jaguars will – present a bit of a challenge especially because that's the, the game right before that Eagles game and people are going to be talking about well we need, we just need to beat the, the Jaguars so we can get ahead to that Eagles game which is most likely going to be a very important one so um, I mean we, we've seen this Cowboys team when against the Packers the first half against the Giants they kind of they kind of played around with their food they they played down to the competition um, but I think Hopefully they've gotten past that and these won't actually become trap games.
1: Uh, I think the Jaguars, like that's my definition of a trap game is you're looking ahead to something like that's why the Jaguars fits that mold. Howman is because uh, you're right, like we, we're all that week going to be like, well, the Eagles are going to be here on Christmas Eve. Like, you know, nobody's going to care about the Jaguars game. Danny, do you think these are trap games? Are you afraid of the Colts? Do you think the Cowboys should be afraid of the Colts? Are you afraid of the Texans? Do you think the Cowboys should be afraid of the Texans? Like, how do you feel or, or do you are you coming at this from a point of arrogance? Like, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to Christmas Eve. And that's OK if you are um because these teams stink I mean prior to Sunday the Cowboys had as many wins on their own as all three of these teams did combined
6: yeah and I think that's a big part of it too is I, I first off I, I don't think they're trap games I think the coaching staff is going to really have these guys focused on on the task at hand I don't think anybody's gonna be looking ahead to anybody um you got to re- remember that you know if you look at like Damian Pearson and Jonathan Taylor I mean any one of these teams could get the running game going and 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 give the Cowboys some fits and also in any given game, the Cowboys could have 14 penalties or we could have some balls bounce the wrong way. And so there's nothing that they're going to take for granted. They're going to, they're going to, these are NFL teams that, that, that play really hard. So they're, I think they're going to be focused in the, in the, and the coaching staff is, is going to have their guys ready. But I will say this, um, I, for, for me, I mean, the Cowboys are just far better than these teams. So there's, there's a lot of margin for error. Here so even if they don't play their best football like they didn't you know in the early part of the of Thanksgiving that they can still have time to you know to finish these teams. So I'm not worried about it at all. I don't think I, I think the Cowboys of uh, they they're, they're playing really good football right now. So I'm these next three games is not anything. I'll be I'll be disappointed if we lose any any of these games.
1: Tony, um I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Black Tigra? I don't know if it's Black Tigre or Black Tigra. One of the two. I think of it as a comment. says, if we can win the next three and beat Philly and Dallas, do you think we'll end up with the one seed? We need one more slip-up from Philly and Mini. It's true. The Cowboys at present time need one non-Cowboys-related loss uh, by both the Eagles and the Vikings and to win out. uh, And they control their own destiny. They can be the one seed as the NFC East champions. And, Tony, I think that's where the chaos would come. Um, if the Cowboys were to lose to the Colts, the Texans, the Jaguars, because the real chance, the real opportunity of loss for the Eagles, I'm sure Howman would know because he hates them uh, more than any of us, um, is this week against the Tennessee Titans. Next week, the Eagles have the Giants. who are a little bit down on their luck. Then the Bears. We'll see how healthy Justin Fields is. But um, if the Cowboys were to lose, and especially if the Eagles were not, that would really kind of take out any wind uh, for the number one seed, Tony. And it would feel like In 2016, when Dallas lost at New York, that was their second loss of the season. and Everybody freaked out and it was like, dude, chill. Like, this is still a very good team, but it would be the one seed kind of slipping out of their grasp and people would act like that was the biggest deal in the world.
2: Yeah. And I think that's why these three games don't really fit the trap mold to me is that everything that they want is still in front of them, right? If they go out and handle business and get the Christmas Eve, 11 and three, there's, it's entirely possible Minnesota in, in the Eagles could drop a game. And now we're sitting here with everything they want right in front of them. So, um, if you want to look at any type of trap, I think you guys said it by definition, uh, the Jaguars game is the only game that has that feel to me. But these first two games um, would just be a, f- a flat out let out uh, letdown for me, or just a disappointment if they were to lose these games. So um, is it, it's going to take a lot of things and a lot of moving parts for them to have and be in that one seed conversation, but to sit here and say, it's not entirely possible would be disingenuous.
1: Hmm. Brandon, um, Interesting question here from Grant G nineteen seventy one. Thank you for the super chat, Grant G nineteen seventy one. If Tyron Smith is ready to go versus the Texans, uh, Grantman, um, should the Cowboys start him and get him ready for Philly or the Jags game? So, in a perfect world, let's assume that Tyron Smith is ready to go by next Sunday's game, Brandon, the Houston Texans at AT and T Stadium. Do you roll Tyron out then, two games ahead of the Eagles, or do you wait? Do you wait for the Jaguars? How would you handle Tyron Smith?
5: I think if he's ready to go and the doctors say you know it's you know he's he's not putting himself in any danger. I say get him out there. I mean, these, you know, especially with the Texans game coming up, it's one of those games where, you know, it's, it's perfect for him to, you know, work out any kinks that he may have because he hasn't played in a while. So I think that's uh, – again, it all just depends on the health of time. So if he's 100% or, you know, he's, he's ready to rock and roll, I'm good with it. I think you need to give him as much as much reps as possible. Even, you know, I know he's a veteran. He's been around, the, you know, the team, and he's been in the league for a long time. But I, it's, it, reps are always good to knock that rust off. Because let's be honest, I mean, Philly does have a really good front seven. And assuming everything is uh, all good to go for Tyron Smith, I'd like to have him knock that rust off and be ready to rock and roll for that Philadelphia game.
1: Mm, well said. Uh, Kyle, uh, Tony said that you had the words of wisdom and that you were in a league of your own, but Kyle did not give you any points. So, you know, nice compliment, uh, but no points. Nonetheless, the points matter, Chris, if that isn't obvious. This is the opposite of whose line is it anyway, uh, which might be a reference a little bit over your head. Chris, I'll put this question to you. What are you more excited for the return of Tyron Smith? Or Odell Beckham Jr. joining the Cowboys. We're operating under the presumption here. I know Danny is in love with this subject. Uh, again, you, you ha- you're assuming here that Odo Beckham Jr. is joining the Cowboys. So, what are you more excited for—the return of Tyron Smith, which is an inevitability at this point, or the you know union between the Cowboys and Odo Beckham Jr. Assuming that does happen.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, there's no doubt that Tyron Smith is is one of the best left tackles in the league when he's healthy. But Tyler Smith has really held his own and by getting Odell you're getting like a new shiny object in Dallas and i know that may be a maybe like an un, un unpopular opinion but but Odell being the wide receiver 3 with uh, CD Lamb and Michael Gallup adding that on to an offensive line that already is really solid a great defense you're having a healthy back a great run game i think it just brings in so much hype for the Dallas Cowboys and i think that the team gets a bigger push by adding odell than by getting tyron smith back because of how good tyler smith has been playing at left tackle
1: mm, so your answer is odell just to be clear because everybody's gonna have to answer ethan said yes. this is a tough one i don't throw softballs ethan all right i'm here to, to throw heat um david Halman, what are you more excited for again the everyone here has to assume that odell beckham jr is happening so tyron smith's return or odell beckham jr joining the cowboys
4: um well i'm definitely by the way uh, i'm sorry for, i'm
1: sorry howman just pointed this out to me in the comment section that she just noticed danny's sign behind him um saying no to odo beckham jr danny you know live a little Let's have a little fun you know what i'm saying let's just let's just be cool you know but anyway david Howman, you're up
4: i'm definitely more excited for tyron smith um and i i don't know if it's it's been said publicly yet but i actually agree with danny on on not necessarily wanting obj wow. not thinking that he's He's really all that necessary. I mean, the Cowboys have dropped two 40 burgers in the last few games. They're they're averaging over 32 points a game. Like you know, it would be nice to have him, but it's not like he's you know he's absolutely necessary. Then you look at the offensive line, and I think you know Tyler Smith has played well given the circumstances, especially moving to left tackle right before he made his NFL debut. But he also leads the team in pressures. He leads the team in sacks. He's He's been our biggest weakness on the offensive line and pass protection uh, against the Vikings. When they moved him to guard, he looked so much more natural, so much better. I think you put him back at guard where he's a bit more of a natural fit right now. And you put a future hall of fame left tackle and Tyron Smith next to him. That just completely solidifies this offensive line gives Dak more time to cook with these receivers that he's already cooking with. Um, and Odell Beckham jr. If he's already in the mix, whatever he can add, that's cherry on the top, but I want the future Hall of Fame left tackle over the guy that maybe will be in the conversation for Hall of Fame Sunday.
1: Mm, if David Howman won the lotto, he'd invest it all and just you know buy a bunch of stocks and bonds and be super boring. We all want to buy cars and boats, Howman. Uh, let's see the comment section. AJ says that he's more excited for Odell. Tyron has been here for 11 years and his best days are well behind him. OBJ brings juice and fire johnny boy says an effective Tyron smith raises the o-line level to championship caliber that improves both the run and pass game sturch says it's odell it's not close we are eight and three without Tyron. i would put it to you search that the cowboys are also eight and three without odell beckham jr just for the point kyle says Tyron smith for sure odell coming back from an acl is going to take time kevin says seems to me at this point we better we would be better to get odell sooner rather than later so he can learn the playbook uh danny you caught some heat and then some love for the no bj thing uh as we went through tony goat romo says hands down tyron smith strengthen the line continue to run the ball dak throws under 30 times and howman aj says that you ate the pumpkin pie and lost all common sense minus five by the way um Ethan doing the smart thing says odell if you're watching right now make yourself known so well done uh, from a content creation standpoint tony tyron odell your thoughts
2: um i'm i'm Big on the train that I think I want OBJ here. Obviously, I've I've been, you know, the anti Danny in this situation. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> so I OBJ coming in and, and being a number three wide receiver, I, I've said it and I'll say it again. This is more about upgrading the Noah Brown position and just having another element there. I say all that to say I'm more excited about Tyron Smith. I'm more excited. About
1: yeah. I'm That's more, how ex- you drop a bomb, people. Ten points to Tony. <laughs>
2: You know, I, I'm more excited about solidifying the offensive line because when Tyron Smith comes back, you think that he could be better than Tyler Smith has been at left tackle. And then kicking uh, Tyler Smith over more seasoned as a rookie, I think he can improve the left guard spot too. So understanding the value of an offensive line and understanding that um this it's to win in the win in this league and, and to win in the playoffs, you got to have solidified uh, uh, front five guys that can run block, guys that can pass protect, and I think that will help. And you know, if hey, if they can get Odell Beckham as well. Uh, um, you know, I think that's just it's more the merrier and this team will be better off for it.
1: Mm, Brandon, it's two against one, um, which I think was the name of a boys like girls song. Um, it was either like two against one or two versus one. Howman, do you know? You smiled. Um, so I don't know. It's I, I think it's two against one. Uh but anyway, uh, Brandon, how Chris is the only person who is is saying Odell here, you were both wearing Navy Dallas Cowboys jerseys. So you were seemingly on the same uh team from a laundry perspective. So where do you fall here, Brandon?
5: Okay, so it, to me, it's based on how you worded the question. What are you more excited for? I'm more excited for a playmaker named Odell Beckham Jr. Tyra Smith is the the safer choice of the two. I mean, obviously, he's a future Hall of Famer. So with the wording of the question, I'm definitely more excited for Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, you put him with CeeDee Lamb. You put him with Michael Gallup, who, by the way, looked pretty darn good this past week. And you also have Dalton Schultz. I mean, those pass catchers are going to be fantastic. And having Odell Beckham as another option in that offense would be fantastic. I, obviously, mm. I love Tyron Smith. I've been a big fan of his since he came into the league. But for, for excitement purposes, you got to go Odell.
1: Uh, Jess, let me know. It's called Two is Better Than One, uh, the Boys Like Girls song. And, many I know I went to you for help. Taylor Swift is in the song. That's actually why I, I leaned on you there. So uh, a bit of a failure um, on your part. So we have two Odell, two uh, Tyron. Danny, you are very clearly Team Odell Beckham Jr. You want to rip number three off Anthony Brown's back and hand it to him. Uh, so your thoughts here?
6: yeah also so, did you
1: know the song two uh is better than one by boys like girls
6: no i did not <laughs> uh so i mean obviously you know my my answer um but i think the 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 big reasoning for you know to answer this question correctly i think it's really what makes dak more comfortable and you know if you look at what the offense has has doing without odell you know and, and i think it's nice to actually hear some of the answers today i thought it was going to be you know, four against one, and it's um, I mean, it's true. The Cowboys' offense. Boys and girls song. So this is oh, oh sorry. There's probably a song <laughs> out there. That, but I um, the, the Cowboys. I mean, to me, Odell. I don't think he brings the as much gain as a lot of people, a lot of people think. And it's really not about just what Odell can do, but Odell can do. But it's also about what Dak will do with him, and that's where the gain's small. And if you look at, on the other side, and I'll, I'll tell you this: I've been a big Tyler Smith fan. All year but if you go back and watch film you watch Ty- tyler struggle to maintain his blocks first if you watch tyron you know just basically manhandle people i mean the, i mean tyron is not the same person but that is a that is a big plus for us to get him on the edge and then move move uh, tyler's power inside so to me i think that collection that assortment makes dak better and that's why You know, it's an easy choice for me. I'm I'm more excited about getting 77 back.
4: Wow.
1: Anybody want to change their mind after hearing the group? Because Danny said it was a good discussion. Chris, you went first. After hearing everybody, do you maybe feel a little bit less strong in your conviction?
3: No, I still feel pretty strong in my my conviction because, I mean, at the end of the day, how many times have we been super excited to get Tyron Smith back? And then Mm. he goes right back on the injury report. I love Tyron, wow. but I mean, I mean, I mean. There's no saying he's gonna stay healthy, and 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 I would be more excited to get Odell in Dallas.
1: Brandon, I liked your point though the wording of the question because the Odell thing is like it's the first like Cowboys thing that would finally happen, right? That would finally like come to fruition. Right? With like uh, the Earl Thomas thing didn't work out for a lot of reasons. The Jamal Adams thing didn't work out, obviously. This would this would actually happen. Like this would be like a thing. Like it would be like oh my gosh, like Thor and Iron and in the Hulk are all in the same movie on the same screen together. What finally happened? Danny, you raised your hand.
6: I did, because I think Chris made an excellent point there. And I think it's very important to actually draw back our expectations because of things like this. We we understand that. We know that that's a real thing. But at the same time, we also need to do the same thing with Odell. Where is he going to be? Is he going to be good? How where's where, How is he going to be able to cut in week 16, 17, you know, divisional round? Where is he going to be? And I think people need to draw those expectations. Expectations in uh as well. Mm.
1: AJ offers that Odell is a precise route runner, something sorely needed with all the interceptions. Odell will do for Dak what Amari did in two thousand eighteen. If only Amari Cooper could have been on this Cowboys roster. Brandon, you raised your hand as well.
5: Yeah, I just you know I was just thinking of the possibilities of having OBJ on the Cowboys. I, I think it'd be great to have Gallup on the outside, OBJ on the other side of the field, and then put Ceedee Lamb in the slot. I think I think the possibilities are fantastic there. So I. I I mean, and at, at that to Danny's point, I think with with the route running, I mean, at this point, to get him into the offense, maybe maybe keep the the, the playbook a little simple for him and have him just kind of run more go patterns.
1: Mm-hmm. Tony Brian offers a super chat. Thank you, Brian at Talk Cowboys on TikTok. Um, that's just talk to you. Okay. Only fear with Odell is giving Kellen Moore more reasons to abandon the running game. Do you worry about that, Tony?
2: I don't. You know why? Because it, it, at the end of the day, collecting talent, having more playmakers on the field. I just don't see how it hurts, right? This team has an identity. They've shown that they they're committed to the running game. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard have finally found this mixture of of usage that, like, we're all really excited and and happy about. Adding somebody and again, I've said it before. Like all we're just doing is is strengthening the wide receiver room. If you don't think Odell Beckham is this what he is or what he was before, you're not going to change and move mountains for him. You're just knowing that you're bringing a talent into the room and you're going to use him, and it's going to make the rest of the the unit better. So I, I I don't I'm not worried about them changing philosophies because Odell Beckham Jr. is here. I think it just only helps them.
1: Palman, it's been noted many times that Robert Woods tore his ACL last year, which heightened Odell's importance in the Rams' offense. I mean, to Tony's point, like, more is better. Like, give us more, no matter what. Like, give us more, and we'll figure it out. More of a good thing is more of a good thing, and we'll be fine having more of a good thing.
4: Yeah. I mean, my, I, it's I just mean, to that
1: point, like, Michael Gallup tore his ACL in the penultimate game of the regular season. Like, you have you know, have no idea what's lurking around the corner.
4: Right, but also last year when, when Michael Gallup went down both times, you know, we didn't know that Cedric Wilson was going to come out of the woodwork and have the kind of season mm. he did. So, and even Noah Brown this year, you know, we, seems like all season we've been talking about Noah Brown's playing so well, like we, no, none of us expected this from him. Well, part of it was he didn't even have the opportunity in the first place. So now you've got James Washington still on IR. They're talking about maybe he'll be coming back soon. They just added Antonio Callaway to the practice squad a couple of weeks ago. There's other receivers that are out there. So I'm not saying that, you know, you, you, don't add a player like OBJ because you can get those other guys. But at the same time, you know, there are player, plenty of players out there. We've seen it time and time again that they're good players and they can produce when called upon. They just don't have the opportunity. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that OBJ is nece- is absolutely necessary. I don't think that they have to have him. Obviously, having a player like him and if he can be what he was or even close to it, like, it helps. But I don't think that this is like the missing piece for the offense. I think the offense has been quite good already.
7: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference.
1: Just a reminder, not to ever totally take everything at face value. The Cowboys said at training camp that they expected James Washington back at some point in October. We are now about to reach the end of November, and we have not seen him all season. Um, So, you know, just take things with a grain of salt um, is the point of advice there. Danny Phantom, this question goes to you first. Terrell Basham was waived by the Cowboys on Tuesday afternoon. Who do we think the Cowboys are creating a roster spot for? Is it for Odell Beckham Jr. next week obviously because his visit's scheduled for Monday December 5th? Is it for Tyron Smith to be promoted back to the team? Is it for James Washington or is it for mystery door
6: number 4 that you're going to explain to us? Hmm. Uh, that's that's a tough question. Um well, Again, I, I only throw heaters. So Yeah, you did. You threw a good one there. Um actually I, I well, I don't think it's for Odell. Um I I don't know. I think I would lean more towards, uh, you know, Tyron, because I mean, first off, I, I think a lot of us were kind of figuring Basham's days were numbered. I mean, we have a, you know, a luxury at, at, at the edge rushing position. And I mean, I don't even see what he would really do. You, you don't want him in there taking reps from any, any of the other guys. So, I mean, there's just no place for Basham. I think that's just kind of, you know, a foregone cl- conclusion with that. Um, as far as like what, or what, what the spots for, I don't know you know i i couldn't i don't really have an answer I, but i i don't and i can't i don't know for the life of me what's going on with james washington there's there's no information and so I, I can't even speculate on that so of those choices i mean it's kind of between tyrant and a mystery so that's that's all i got on that so the whole purpose
1: of the question was to answer it you literally failed that part of the exercise thing
6: yeah yeah I, f- I failed it
1: um Sturchio, uh has offered in the comment section that Tack McKinley could be the mystery fourth door. Is that the direction you were leaning in, Chris?
3: Yes, I was. I was going to say Takaris McKinley would be the reason why they made that cut. It kind of made the made the defensive end room get even more crowded. And I actually believe if we are going to make a roster cut for Odell, I'll, I'll be bold. I think it's going to be James Washington. I think that uh, they'll just end up letting him go and they'll just bring in Odell in his place. So I think that it was definitely made for Takaris McKinley and um, maybe even Tyron Smith, but I think it's, it's the least likely answer. would be Odell.
1: Brandon, you raised your hand.
5: Yeah, I think Chris is spot on. I think it's, I think it's for, uh, for tack to be honest with you. I think that he's a, he's a Dan Quinn guy. And plus, and and, and Chris, you're not bold on the James Washington being cut for Odell thing. I think that I think there's a lot of, a, a, a lot of information out there that, you know, suggests that that's a possibility. So. I he think was the, I think the first free
1: agent signing the Cowboys made in the offseason, just so we're clear.
5: They made some bad free agent signings over there, <laughs>
1: so it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Tony, you raised your hand as well.
2: Yeah, I, I do agree. I think that it, it's for Tack McKinley, but I think in a different sense that I think they're going to ride with 52 for a little bit because Tack McKinley can be brought up through practice squad. He doesn't have to count for a roster spot. So this could be dropping it, bringing it to 52. So when, you know, if you listen to Brian Broaddus over, you know, at 105.3, he's saying that he thinks that Tyron Smith's practice window will be opened up after the Indy game. So this could be a Tyron Smith move that eventually gives Tack McKinley more options to be able to play this week.
1: They do have the standard practice squad elevations. They did use that on McKinley once last week. They have it two more times. So they can get cute with that if they really want to. But to your point, Tony, they could just be opening this roster spot. To Danny's point, they're kind of they have an abundance of riches at the defensive end position. So this could also be like in conjunction with all that doing Terrell Basham is solid. Like, hey, dude, we don't really need you. We're going to need this spot. Go out, find a new job elsewhere. Is that what you think, Halman? Or do you have a mystery door that nobody has entered yet?
4: Um, well, I, I do think that I don't think that it really makes sense to be doing it for Tack McKinley, partially because they, like we said, we do they do have a an embarrassment of riches at a defensive end. Um, Basham wasn't playing muy, very much anyway, um, and also they can keep elevating McKinley for a couple more games if they still want to get some use out of him. I think this is probably for James Washington though. Just just going by process of elimination. Wow. Um, I mean, they they haven't had the L- Odell in for the meeting yet. I don't think that they would commit to doing creating a roster spot for him if they haven't been able to look at him physically and see where his, where he's at medically. Um, Mike McCarthy said that Tyron Smith is getting close, but he's not quite there yet. Um, so it, it doesn't make sense to get rid of a player over almost a week before you're ready to bring someone into that spot. And then you know the other day, Mike McCarthy said that he would have an update on James Washington Wednesday. So Tuesday, the day before that, that update that he kind of hinted at, He's saying, you know, they're they're creating a roster spot. So to me, that means I think they're probably making a spot for James Washington. They probably want to get him into that game against the Colts, see what he can do. And then they go into that meeting with OBJ, where then they've kind of seen what Washington can do. Then they look at OBJ and see where he's at and make a decision from there.
1: Hmm. I give Hellman some points for creativity. The four of you guys just, you know, falling in line. It's boring. You know what I mean? Like, kudos to Hellman for, for stepping out on a bit of a limb. All right. This is the essay question part of the night. I just made that up right now, Chris. It isn't like a normal thing. Don't worry. Um, so we're going to start with Tony Catalina. Tony, you can go any direction you want here, but you have to set the stage. Set the tone. Bring us out strong of the gate. What is your favorite thing about the Cowboys right now?
2: Uh, yeah. I love the fact that dak prescott is in his groove you right gotta now pick one I,
1: thing before before you start with this like i yeah. like this and i like this we got to pick yeah. one thing
2: well then it's easy to go with number four like i like what dak prescott has brought to this offense it's clear to look at the statistical factors and how much better he's made this unit oh uh, you know the way this defense is playing and you know statistically defense is one of the best in the leagues we knew that if this offense could get going and you know dak prescott is provided that and you know i just love everything he's doing i mean he's he's getting in rhythm he's getting better every single week there's some throws that he's making that cooper rush clearly could not make it's he's elevated this team as a, in totality so i love everything that Dak Prescott is bringing to the game right now
1: Sturge, uh cautioned you not to drop the ball on this answer um because he yeah is it you each other's paisan is i don't know the exact verbiage associated here uh but he noted that you did drop the ball so a bit of a disappointing answer in that sense tony um sorry to hear that brandon clements aka uh clements on number 21 nazi Elliott. what is your favorite thing about the dallas cowboys right now
5: it's the pass rush it's been the pass rush all year i mean they, that's
1: cheating you just you just took up like eight players you can't do that brandon come on
5: oh i hey you didn't, hey i'm just i'm just making the rules up as i go i guess so
6: I mean,
5: I'll just say the depth at the pass rushing position and I'll just go, I'll just throw a Dor- Armstrong in there. He's having a career year, eight sacks. He had another great performance uh, on Thanksgiving. I mean, I think that, I mean, I think this defense is just fantastic, especially in the pass rushing department. I that's, that's an easy, I think that's an easy answer because it's the obvious
1: one. I like Kyle's version of your answer better. Uh, Brennan, he said, favorite thing. We have the best player on the field each week in Micah Parsons, uh, which is that's very, very true. Point uh Danny Phantom what is your favorite thing about the Dallas Cowboys right now before they land out of Jr.? because that obviously changes your answer
6: yeah no it doesn't um but <laughs> even though Tony already answered I still want to say my favorite thing about the Cowboys is the play of Dak Prescott because I think that is so important to where how far this team goes so I don't know if you said we couldn't duplicate RJ but uh for sure I can't I couldn't be more excited about the way Dak is playing right now so that's my answer. Do you, do I have to pick another?
1: Um, I'll allow that. Um, it okay. was kind of short and you're hurting yourself in terms of your own candidacy to win the round table, but yeah, it's up to you. It's your game. Uh, you can play it how you want to. Um, I will say the Cowboys in the five games the Cooper Rush started had a point differential of 28 points in the positive direction in the five games since Dak Prescott has been back. They are plus 80 in terms of point differential. Brandon, you raised your hand. Even though you're yeah,
5: just, just another point to the pass rush, I think it also having <laughs> such a great pass rush. I, I'm sorry, I just I had to I got to I got to bring this up. Having a great pass rush that they're having is also protecting the liability that the the run defense is having all season. So, if you see the last few weeks, we've been pass rushing so well that the teams like Daniel Jones threw I think 35 passes last week. I mean, if you're if you're going to have a team getting behind the you know by the behind the chains, they're not going to run the ball as much. So that kind of uh, that kind of helps helps against
1: our our, our not-so-great-run defense. Mm, uh, Brian gave you some kudos, Brandon, said, to be fair, the question was, what is your favorite thing? Not who, so you did take the pass rush. Um, Chris, we're going to save you for last because I trust it's going to be an amazing answer. So, Halman, you were up next. Steven said, Mike McCarthy or Kellen Moore coaching? Um, you, like me halman are the are, are somebody who believes in mike mccarthy nobody around here really does although chris kind of does to an extent uh danny hates mike mccarthy tony and brandon you know kind of indifferent but you and i love him Halman writes the mccarthy chronicles every week at blogging the boys everybody should go read them is that your favorite thing Halman? what is your favorite thing about the cowboys
4: well i was thinking about it as everyone else was going around giving good answers and there were a lot of different ways that i could have gone with this but i'm going with you know there, there's a lot of players that i love and i've been excited to see them really perform like Dak Prescott. I, like you said, I believe in Mike McCarthy, and I, it's great to see him having a great year and leading this team to success, and I think he's doing a phenomenal job. But I got to go with what ended up surprising me the most in a very positive way, and so my favorite thing is the play of Leighton Vanderish. And I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to give him props, because as, as some may know, I, I picked him as a surprise roster cut before the season started and i had i had a very good theory but it obviously did not happen um and i've been rough on leighton van der esch in the past a couple times but he has really rebounded very well he's playing at a very high level right now he leads the defense in tackles and you know the cowboys defense run defense has actually been getting better the last couple weeks as brandon alluded to i think part of it also helps from jonathan hankins being a big plug in the middle but Leighton Vander Esch is seeing the field so much better. He's he's flying to the ball. He's making tackles, and he's just he he may not be the best player on this defense because when you have Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Trayvon Diggs, you can't be in the, even in that top three because there's just so much talent. But he has been an important cog in this defense, and he needs a lot of credit for it. And you know who better to give it to him than the person who didn't think he'd be here anyway. <laughs>
1: I think that's a really strong answer, Hellman. Um, and a lot of people give you props for eating crow. I, I I know people will say, like, oh, you just jinked him, blah, blah, blah. But, like, something that was, like, his knock was he couldn't stay healthy. He played every single game last year. He has played 11 games in a row this year. Like, he has kind of gotten rid of that injury bugaboo. Tony, you have given Hellman the hardest time for this. Do you give him credit, or do you want to, like, hold firm in your stance that he was wrong and he should be embarrassed about it?
2: No, I think it's funny. We all we all have takes that somehow go awry, and we all get made fun of them for it. So I appreciate them, uh, you know, kind of eating crow.
1: Mm. Chris, you went last, which is a tough spot to be in. What is your favorite thing about the Cowboys right now?
3: My favorite thing about the Cowboys right now is CD Lamb. He's very quietly second in the NFC in receiving yards behind Justin Jefferson, and he's really found his footing as the wide receiver one in Dallas. He's brought a big playability. Um, to the offense which which he hasn't really brought throughout the season which could be in in fact for Dak Prescott I mean since Dak's return he has 11 catches of 20 or more yards I mean that's stretching the field and allowing that run game to really eat and continue to be consistent so I would go CeeDee Lamb he's starting to really look like a number 88 in Dallas and is really living up to that number
1: I do agree that there are a lot of things floating around in the ether that we have kind of like chosen to ignore the CD sort of dominating teams thing. Um, I don't know why, because you're right. He wears 88 for the Cowboys. Like you would think it would be a front and center storyline, but like Tony Pollard's gotten more pop than CD lamb in the last couple of weeks. And I think part of it was like his true, like going off game was the Packers game that they lost. And so that kind of left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Um, that was a good answer. All right. Um, anybody want to steal an answer? Try again before we move on. Nobody does. All right, Chris, we're gonna start with you and bring this back around. You guys will be shocked to know that the next question is what is your least favorite thing about the Cowboys right now? So Chris, you were up first.
3: Penalties is my least favorite thing. I and nobody can 13,
1: repeat here. So nobody can take penalties. Good job, you, uh, Chris.
3: They had 13 against the Giants, and I really believe that if they were playing a much better team on Thanksgiving, then we could have easily lost that game. I think the Giants shot themselves in the foot. Daniel Jones couldn't hit a wide open guy in the flat the entire game. I mean, He was under constant pressure, and they really shot themselves in the foot repeatedly throughout the game. Um, I think, really, this Cowboys roster is so talented and can make such a deep run if they just don't stand in their own way. And pre-snap penalties is something that should have been figured out before week one. You know, like that's a preseason, that's a training camp thing. So I, I really think that penalties is the only thing standing in the way of the Cowboys really being like a true Super Bowl contender at this moment in time.
1: Mm. To your point, after the Denver preseason game, there was all the talk about penalties and, you know, whatever and this and that. And it was just a a crazy time of year. So um, that has reared its ugly head um, in recent weeks. Howman, you are up next because we're we're reversing it, Missy Elliott style. Um, So uh, what is your least favorite thing about the Cowboys right now? Uh,
4: I mean, you know, it's another tough question. You only throw heaters and this is another one. Um, I mean I like a lot about this Cowboys team but I got to go with Anthony Brown um, and I've been a defender oh. of Anthony Brown in the past uh, I, I think he gets a lot of heat unnecessarily but at the same time when you look at this secondary right now he is being targeted you know out at an astronomical rate he's being targeted more than more than trayvon Diggs he's even being more targeted at a higher rate than the rookie Deron bland who's now starting in, in the nickel Um Teams have identified that they can throw at him, and you know he's he's only allowing like just over 50% completion rate. But when he gives up those those completions, a lot of them are those deep shots that oftentimes go for touchdowns or they're big plays. So he's giving up those big plays, and it's really we haven't seen that from Anthony Brown recently. You know he he's generally given up a lot of short stuff, and now he's kind of doing the opposite, not giving up the short things, but giving up the big plays, and. You know, eventually the Cowboys are going to find themselves in one of those really close games, and, you know, teams are going to go after Anthony Brown for that big play. And I just think that's something that he can correct, he needs to correct in order for this defense to really get back to completely being locked down, whereas they've just been mostly locked down right now.
1: Mm. Before we continue with this question, Tony. Uh, James says, big fan of the show and a lifelong Cowboys fan from Massachusetts. You're neck of the woods. Uh, so this question belongs to you. Quickly, Tony, why are we not using Turpin more on offense? Maybe that's your least favorite thing, but you are a blast. So if you're going to say that, be careful.
2: Yeah, no, it's, that's not the thing I least hate, but you know, it's a good question. I think the Cowboys are... You- usually pretty late to use some of their guys like i think turpin is somebody that should have been used a lot longer um even if it's the you know old uh, lucky whitehead you know jet sweeps or whatever just try to get the guy the ball in his hand as much as you can so the fact that they're not using him is um probably the one thing i would say like kellen more like open it up a little bit more and try to find the to get this guy the football um but so yeah that is a little perplexing perplexing to be honest
1: Mm. Okay, so we've got penalties and Anthony Brown specifically. Danny Phantom, you're up next. What is your least favorite thing about the Cowboys right now? You cannot say their reported interest in oda Beckham Jr. Okay, I
6: won't. <laughs> um, to me, actually, it's 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 their arrogance, and I think that there's Ooh. a few things about this that that bothers me. Um, like, I mean, I like you didn't you them. didn't like
1: the fourth down attempt.
6: Chris didn't either when we did the Instagram no no live. no. I didn't like okay. that, and that and that's a perfect example. Um, you know, it's, I think there's sometimes they just come they they come out of thinking that they're just going to just roll people and, and do things like, for example, like the the run defense is a good example is the Cowboys have the talent. They have the players there to, to stop it. But when they fail, it's because people aren't following their assignments. You know, they get they get a little over aggressive. They want to make the play rather than their play. And I think sometimes that, that arrogance will get them. Same thing with Kellen Moore on the offensive side, too, is I, I think he's done a fantastic job. But then, then he tries to get a little cute sometimes with with some of his little. I know he's brilliant play play caller and does, can has a lot of creativity. But some of the stuff to me, it's just like, what are you, what are we really trying to do there? So I don't care for that. And then, of course, McCarthy's in game decisions. There's sometimes where it's like it's just not necessary. I, I I do like having the the Jimmy Johnson mentality, go for the throat kind of thing. But I think with McCarthy in the, in the early and you know that decision, it's just like, why do you need to do that? You don't need to. The only way you're going to lose to this team is if you make mistakes and just give them these opportunities and then that's exactly what he does it was completely unnecessary so i think to me there's the cowboys have a little bit of arrogance about him i i like arrogance but i think we need to earn it a little more and i think to me i think they would be a little better if they just would not be so arrogant at at times
1: i'm a fan of arrogance I, i know this is a bit of a segue but is anybody else a fan of that Chris, I know you were against the fourth down. Uh, Brandon, you were kind of teetering your head. Howman, you nodded. So, Howman, my stance is, um, as as we just take a brief pause in this because Danny sent us down this road. So, kudos, Danny's for in- inspiring a new topic. I love the decision early in the game against the Giants. I love, and and Tony's the person who's verbalized this in the way I like the most. Saying the the disrespect shown to the Giants to say we know you suck or rather we know that we are so much better than you that we are totally fine spotting you this touchdown worst case scenario because we trust our offense to score at will we trust our defense to stop you in the future and they backed up that claim that you can argue that they they benefited from the penalty whatever blah 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 but i love that mentality Howman. i don't know if you agree with everything i said
4: yeah i mean the the famous saying is scared money don't make money so there we go david Howman. The Cowboys under Mike McCarthy, very different from Jason Garrett. They, they know that they have the talent. They know that they have the, the the game plan, or at least they're confident in that, and you should be confident in it. If you're going into the game and you're saying, well, I don't think we're good enough to get a yard on fourth and short. I don't think they were good enough to, to do this. Our defense isn't good enough to stop them here. Then why are you showing up at all? Why didn't you do a better job game planning? Why didn't you do a better job building your roster, preparing for the team? So you should come into every game feeling confident that you can handle whatever you're going to approach, whether it's a fourth down, whether it's going for two, whether it's trying to step on the throat late in the game. And the Cowboys have been that under Mike McCarthy. And I love it.
1: Mm. Brandon, you were, like I said, a little bit indifferent. How do you feel here?
5: Yeah, I mean, it depends. I guess it's a situational uh, arrogance. I mean, I don't, I don't think you need to be arrogant uh, all the time. I mean, you don't want to be arrogant against Patrick Mahomes, kind of a situation. So you just got to know your, know who you. I would argue you
1: them. want to be the most arrogant against Patrick Mahomes. Like you, I'm, you kind of have to
5: confident. live that way. I'm, I'm a confidence guy. I'm a confidence guy, RJ. But uh, arrogance sometimes can uh, can bite you in the butt. But I will say though, RJ, I agree with you on the on the fourth down call against the Giants on Thanksgiving. I thought it, I thought it was great. And it shows that they're confident in their offense. They're confident in their defense. And guess what? there was only three points given up. And I believe on that drive, the giants only gained a yard and they still had to make a 57 yard field goal by Gano. So, and I mean, it wasn't that, but it was it wasn't really a big, a big deal, I guess.
1: Well, they did have the penalty, to be fair. Um, Tony, um, as we tie a bow on this particular question, Brian says, I don't call it arrogance. I call it confidence in his team, in his offense, in his defense. Mike McCarthy has the confidence in his team. AJ says confidence bordering on cockiness is the perfect balance. Halman mentioned Jason Garrett. The last time the Cowboys played the Texans, which they'll do next week, they punted in overtime past the 50-yard line, like, out of fear. Like, I love the – and I I – I don't love every decision, Tony, up that Mike McCarthy has made. As one example, I did not love the way they handled the end of the first half against the Giants the first time, how they they squeezed out that field goal attempt by Brett Maher, and it was successful, obviously, and that they got it off. But I, my position is you live and die with that. I would much rather live and die with that end of the sword than the conservative end that we've seen for a decade. Sorry, Danny.
2: Yeah, this is um, what Mike McCarthy has kind of made this team about, right? They, they, they've they been pretty clear that, you know, in those fourth and short situations middle of the field they're going to take chances they're going to be a little bit more risky in those situations but that's the identity and the belief that they have in Dak Prescott in this offense and that, that defense to make a stop if they don't get it so um you, like I said anytime you don't convert it's going to be questions and people are going to wonder you know well should have should you have done it in this moment well Mike McCarthy tells you you know more times than not they're going to go for that and that's more of a you know it may be a cocky thing but like you said this is the identity and the, and the swagger they're putting into this program and, and I appreciate. That
1: you know who embodies that like flashy persona, Odo Beckham Jr. That's who that's what we're saying here. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Danny, what is your least favorite thing about the Cowboys? I'm not, not Danny, uh, Brandon, what is your least favorite thing about the Cowboys right now?
5: I alluded to it a, a few minutes ago. It's the run defense. I, I get that they've been improving, but here's the thing the attempts have been down. I, I think, I think Dalvin Cook only ran for 11, 11 times just, uh, against, uh, against the Cowboys in the Minnesota Vikings game. I mean. When the, Cowboys, when the Cowboys are at their best, it's when they're letting the opposing, uh, def, uh, opposing offense throw the ball around. Because I, I trust our secondary, I trust our pass rush a lot better than I, uh, I trust our run defense. So by design, I think, you know, we got to keep the horses, uh, horses moving and get, and get as many uh, much pressure on the quarterback and get behind the change as possible. Because, uh, I mean, I'll, like the Niners game last year in the playoffs, I mean, we got ran over by the Niners run, uh, run, uh, run game. I mean, that's, that, and that's still an issue. And that's, and to me, that could come back to bite us in the rear run when it comes to the playoff time, because teams are going to notice this. And this the NFL is a copycat league. They're going to see, okay, the Cowboys are really coming after quarterbacks with the pass rush. So they, so they get behind the change because they know their run defense isn't that great. So for me, it you know, there's, there's gotta be some ways to, to keep working on that run game. Hankins is doing some work. And yes, they're, you know, they right now they're 24th in the, in the league and run and run defense. They have slightly approved to 17th in the last three games. So how you're right on on that one, but again, that's, that's the Achilles heel of this team is that run defense. And, and if it's not corrected, or at least Dan Quinn doesn't keep, you know, keep, you know, getting the, the quarterback and the offense behind the, the opposing offense behind the chains, then it's, it's, we're, we're in trouble and come playoff time.
4: Mm. Um,
1: Tony Catalina, take us home. What is your least favorite thing? About the yeah, right I mean,
2: now. so Brandon oh. took it. I was, I was, <laughs> sorry, sorry, my, my bad, head. my bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Brandon took it, and that was the my one. That was my easy one. But what I'm going to say, and it brings us back, tie it all back into the OBJ thing, is the lack of a real third wide receiver option at this point. Since Dak Prescott has came back, Noah Brown has eight receptions for 95 yards. I don't think that's enough at the number three wide receiver. Not if you really want to be as explosive as, as you can be. Uh, obviously, we all know what the tight ends have been doing and what they're capable of, and that's awesome. But just being able to kind of take the pressure off of CeeDee Lamb, we see Michael Gallup kind of developing. And getting back to his old self here week by week, I just think adding an OBJ, it doesn't even have to be OBJ. If this was Antonio Callaway had the ability in the and you know the skill to do it, I would I'd be all in for that as well. But I don't love the fact that it just seems like it's CD Lamb. Michael Gallup now and, you know, Dalton Schultz are bust, right? They're just, this team has been, you know, we know they're a run heavy team. We know that they're going to lean on the two backs, but you want to have more wide receivers, more options, more productions from the other guys. And yeah, Noah Brown looked great when Cooper Rush was in there and he was the number two guy, but I just want to see more from that third wide receiver option.
1: Mm. Well, all right. The, um, Points have been tallied. AJ, by the way, gave you two points at the very end. Tony um, said, yes, wide receiver three needs more, but the identity of this team is running via the three tight end sets. Chris, you had a point.
3: Yeah, I'm not necessarily changing my answer, but one of my least favorite things about the Cowboys right now is that Amari Cooper is not a Cowboy. That still mm-hmm. bothers me. And if he was on the team, then we wouldn't even be having this so dumb debate to begin right. with. There was no reason to create the cap space. You see him making big plays for Cleveland. It's it's just bothering me like crazy. It, I don't think it'll never not hurt. Like. It just makes no sense
1: to your point. Kevin also says no number three, but Tolbert was going to be good enough to start like the two of those things in conjunction with one another have really just kind of, you know, just made for a negative vibe. Uh, Brandon, you raised your hand as well.
5: Yeah. I mean, I know Tony was talking about the, the weakness at the receiver three position. I mean, you know me, I want OBJ on the team. That's, that's, that's not a question, but here's the thing. The tight end room is pretty good. I mean, you can run, you can run obviously multiple tight end sets. I mean, Dalton Schultz looks great. He had a, he had a good game this past week. Peyton Henders shot, rushing touchdown. Who who would have thought that? Who who had who had that on their bingo on their bingo card? I certainly didn't. And then Jake Ferguson also had a great game. So I I mean, if they want to run more, you know, two or three tight ends, I'm I'm okay with it. If they if they're not that confident in the receiver three.
1: Um. So our points have been tallied. This is the most important part of the show, Chris. Um. We do have a last place a tie for last place um with 45 points danny phantom and david hellman so tied for last place sorry guys um you can split it with one another you know whatever you want to do it's up to you guys um sorry thanks for playing um in third place all alone brandon clements 46 points you know super close it was a razor thin you know kind of race here at the very end we do have a tie so everybody's going to be involved here uh once again we do have a tie right now for the lead with chris hauling the rookie uh, 47 points. Tony Catalina, also 47 points. So if you're watching, it's a good thing to be in the top row um, tonight. So, Brandon, because you were by yourself, one point separated you from Halman and Danny. You had one more point. You get to pick a question, anything you want. It can be multiple choice. It can be simple. It can be whatever you want, whatever is in your heart. And both Tony and Chris have to answer it, and then Halman and Danny have to decide who wins. And if they don't, the world will end. Um, those are the rules. Uh, so, Brandon, those are the the rules. What do you want Tony and Chris to answer? And you also get to choose who goes first.
5: I mean, jokingly, I'd like to see you make a better uh, turkey sound effect, but that's that's our it's already chips already sailed. But I guess I guess from the NFC East perspective do you i mean do you guys do you guys think that the dallas cowboys are going to win the nfc east and on a confidence level of one to ten what's your uh, what's your rating and why
1: and who goes first you get to pick
3: let's go with chris my confidence rating in the cowboys beating the eagles on christmas eve is a 10. I think that they have that game. I think that they will win that game. My confidence in them finishing first in the NFC East is about a seven or eight because it's not in our control. You know, it's going to come down to the Eagles losing to another team. I think that they could lose to the Titans. I do think that that is a game that that they could lose in, especially since their run defense hasn't been great. You saw, um, you saw Damian Pierce just just run the ball extremely well against them. I believe that the Cowboys. If I had to put money on it. I think that they do win the NFC East. I think that chaos does come down. I think the Eagles do fall down to earth. They've looked beatable, but you know, at the end of the day, it is going to come down to um, to some external help. So that's the only reason my confidence isn't of, it not completely out of ten.
2: Tony. For me, it's it's not as high, but I would say it's a six. I do think I do like the percentage chance being better that the Cowboys do win it than they don't. My only reservation in this whole situation is the fact that every time I want to count out the Eagles or discredit them, they continue to win. Obviously, there are some, you know, some things in this team that are beatable and they've they've shown weakness and they are definitely a team that can be had. Um, They just continue to win, though. They're 10 and one. Um, The Cowboys handle business over the next three weeks and you know we'll see what happens and kind of what chris said there it's not all in the cowboys hands here so we're gonna to need to see things happen for us to go that way and that's why i'm not fully confident but my reservations really have nothing to do with this dallas cowboys football team they're showing us everything they can now with their quarterback back with this defense rolling i think we're only going to get better so if, if i have any reservations not winning it it's more about the eagles and what they have in front of them than what we do
1: Great answers from both of you. It seems like you both are very confident the Cowboys are the better team, um, but the Eagles just have a bit of a lead right now that they established over the course of the season. Some of that, obviously, a result of beating Dallas head-to-head. Uh, the Week 1 loss, obviously, looms large, and so does the Packers one as well. Uh, Danny, who are you casting your vote for to win tonight's roundtable? Chris Holling, Tony Catalina, um, who's your choice and why?
6: You know, like, I'm a big fan of, of the challenge. MTV's the challenge, and oh, I like
1: – I wish I, I could make you the winner tonight, Danny. Wow, well done.
6: I actually like. I I don't like it when like the veterans like you know team up and just and just um, oh, kind of awesome. bully the the. So, so I always kind of like like the rookies, but I will say this: I think Chris made a rookie mistake, and I'm gonna end up giving to Tony because I think I just too too often we just want to discredit Philadelphia. We just don't want to believe that they're as good as they are, and the fact that he's given them a little bit more uh, that there's a little bit of fear in there in, in respect to because the Eagles are a good football team and nobody wants to hear that so to me I just that makes that's more sensible to me so I just I think it's a veteran answer so I'm going to give it to, to the veteran you know Catalina
1: wow um okay so fear in the Philadelphia Eagles was the driving proponent in your vote here on a Dallas Cowboys theme show well you know interesting um David Halman, who uh should win in your estimation
4: well, it, it's funny because Dan kind of um, kind of hit on what I was going to highlight, but on the flip side, because I I feel like Tony was almost giving too much credit to the Eagles. I think, um, you know, they they they've like Chris said, they they've looked beatable. They they they've had some slip ups. They it's nearly cost them several times, and it did cost them against Washington. They have a harder schedule for the rest of the season than the Cowboys do as well. Um, so I I you know obviously. Personally, if I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet money because I would lose money anyway because the NFL is just chaos. That's why I'm not a betting man. But I think it's trending in the right direction for Dallas. They're playing better than the Eagles right now. They have an, an easier schedule. Everything's kind of lining up well for them, which now that I've said it probably means it won't actually happen. But I think Chris has... Chris has the right look at it. He's got the right, um, the right outlook on it. So I would have cast my vote for him.
1: Mm, interesting, um, Brandon. You have a point. We'll get to, but so you guys are fine with the world ending? Um, you're like the the two people at the end of the Cabin in the Woods movie by Joss Whedon. Like you're just going to let the world end um, for your own sake instead of sacrificing yourselves um, for the sake of literally the world. Uh, Brandon, um, your thoughts, and then I'll, I'll address how we figure this out.
5: So yeah, my thoughts were I'm not trying to steal your thunder, RJ, but it sounds like we may have a tie here. I mean, I, I mean, I posed the question. I could tie break it if you like. If it's easy for well, you.
1: Well, you did you did jump the gun. You did ask the question, so it's your thing to, to to answer. Brandon, you are going to cast the deciding vote. Who is going to win tonight's roundtable? Tony looks really comfortable. Is Tony counting something? Like is Tony flexing? I mean, so I don't no. know. <laughs> we talked about arrogance uh, a little while ago. Brandon, who wins tonight, and why?
5: Man, it, it's splitting hairs. You both had great answers. Uh and we were talking a little bit about the, the no, nah, I wouldn't say cockiness or confidence. I, I I like what Chris is doing there. I I, I feel like I lean his way, but I think Tony's reasoning got me just a little bit more. So I gotta go with Tony, unfortunately, for you, Chris.
1: Wow. Tony Catalina, congratulations on winning tonight's round. But do you feel like you feel like it was lame and not real because everybody kind of thought that Chris should win?
2: A win's a win. That's what the Eagles say, right?
1: <laughs> I am really sad that the genesis of your win was fear in the Eagles. Like, I, that really bums me out, honestly. Um, it's not fear.
2: It, it's not fear. I mean, every time we, we – they're 10 and 10-1, so it's like, okay, they might lose to the Colts, but then they don't. And it's like, damn, you know, but, you know, that they keep winning
1: uh Sturge says that he's coming for the title next week so it sounds like Sturge is going to be here next week Sturge I trust that you'll get on to Tony for this like oh I'm super scared of the Eagles thing Chris I think you were robbed I'll be honest I think you were I think Tony is wearing your crown
3: right now I think this belonged to you you know it's okay the um bigger the setback equals bigger the <laughs> comeback so I you know it happens it's a heartbreaker but you know like we'll regroup and we'll come back stronger next game
1: yeah, Des just caught it. That's what just happened. That's what Danny Brandon, you just helped orchestrate the Dez catch game. I hope you can live with yourselves um in that respect. Wow. Um Halman, do you have anything to say? Anything as we wrap here?
4: Uh I mean, I almost feel like uh it, it's it has to do with the Leighton Vanderest jersey. People keep on, you know, they mm. overlook Leighton. I did, and and he wore the Leighton Vanderest jersey, he got overlooked. Wow.
1: The symmetry and poetry happening here. Uh by the way, Brandon, AJ took away five million points for you. Um, and included the commas. So um <laughs> so uh that's some
5: setback for a while, RJ.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh you've you've um you like we thought that Chris had a setback. You really have had the setback. Uh Chris, you have a point.
3: Yeah. Um I mean like yeah like it hurts to lose a close one like that but i will say that losing in overtime to someone as experienced as tony i mean like i have to take that for my debut so look
1: at this look at look at chris coming in (laughs) and just the love and the harmony here it's all great it's all good uh chris holling the newest member of blogging the boys couldn't come in and get the win i mean again it's hard hard to hard to say you did everything wrong chris i think you you played a great game tony i think it was a bit of a fraud title I, i think you are um you know I think you're you're Eli Manning right now. That's really how I feel about this.
2: You said that my last two or three times I've won. So it's all right. <laughs>
1: um, Tony, as the winner. Chris, this is a thing. Um, If you are unaware as the winner, Tony of the roundtable, you get to pick one person here. That's not me to make a random noise. You can pick any noise you want. Please pick something creative. Last time, I don't remember what you picked. It was awful. Uh, pick something unique, interesting, and tell us who is going to make that noise as we leave and why you pick them.
2: Hmm well i know who i'm gonna pick i just don't know what the sound is yet i'm trying to think um
1: we've done this literally every week for like a year and you i know but usually i've had, I'm, had I'm, trouble
2: Look to this point i'm on the receiving end typically um I'm trying to think all right make a um make a jet a jet flight sound like a like a plane sound and i wanted to be david Hellman.
4: <laughs> what kind of jet are we talking here <laughs> Just any like a, jet. Like a Mike White more jet.
2: <laughs> Give him like a model number,
1: like a like a plane model yeah. number. Like we need, like, like you know.
4: I need a serial number.
2: What is it? Uh, what is it? seven fifty seven, seven thirty seven. What a, what the what the flights are Tony,
1: Boeing. you can't just say a random area code. Like you know, you <laughs> have to pick a real. Uh, Give me a plane commercial
2: jetliner uh, sound takeoff sound. Like the like the size of a plane that would like cross the country. Like again,
1: like we need to know like you're just going from like.
2: <laughs> you want that specific? Yeah. This the flight yeah. from Boston to Hawaii. Give me that one. <laughs> Thank you. That's what we need to know. Yeah. All
4: right. Boston to Hawaii. Here we go.